Hello and welcome to Blaze Pod. It's Monday, the 9th of May. My name's Ben. On the line is Andrew, as always. How are you today, my friend? I'm very good. I'm, I said to you before, I'm going to give a warning now. I've got a bit of a sore throat from the match and I keep going a bit high pitched. So if I start sounding like, what's his name, Justin Hawkins out of darkness. <laughs> Then uh, that, that's why, yeah. So I've lost my voice a bit. <laughs> Tremendous reference. Too many. Um, you just singing, singing your heart out for the lads. We yeah, I, I, we were hurting at the time. I got up this morning. We were, I were really like sort of painful throat, but that's gone now, and I've just sort of got this sort of hoarse voice left now. So nice. Well, what a weekend. I mean, it got off to a bad start when um, Wednesday recorded a, a one nil away defeat that uh, <laughs> quote almost feels like a win according to uh, certain local media. Do you know what else yes. almost feels like a win? It's beating <laughs> the champions four nil at home in a game you probably need a result in to qualify for yeah. the playoffs. And they were that's... on the beach, mate. What are you on about? <laughs> <laughs> and that is exactly what the Blades did on Saturday. Oh. What a day that was, mate. I, um, yeah, I, I know we've not done, you know, we've not won anything yet, and you know, we're yeah. still going to need three more results if there if the season's to be anything other than failure, I suppose. You know, there's, there's only really two states when you go for promotion, isn't there? There is success yeah. and failure, but. You've got to enjoy the moment, and boy, did I enjoy the many moments of Saturday. It was a wonderful day. Great performance. Yeah, United um, United turned up when it mattered the most and uh, yeah. took care of business. What are your thoughts? I, it was incredible, weren't it? It was just sort of, I mean, the first one goes in, and I'm thinking, this is good because we scored. Like, even if they score now, mm. you know, we've got that extra goal. Because obviously, by this point, we didn't know Middlesbrough were going to get battered. <laughs> so we were, and then 2 0, and I'm thinking, well, we've pretty much done it because this means, I'm all that working out. I think they have to win five. And, you know, you do do that. And uh, then obviously at 3 0, you just, like, I mean, yeah, just incredible. I mean, even me, who sort of always, when we go 3 0, oh, I remember Villa. <laughs> um, even I were like with, with absolute because we could have even probably drawn three all and got up by that point. It's got up, sorry, got in the playoffs by yeah. that point. So yeah, just to have it all wrapped up by our time, it would it would it would that it just I did not expect that at all. I think my best case scenario would have been a a, a fairly nervy one nil win where Millsborough also didn't win. I think that was the best realistic case scenario I thought. Mm. Um, I didn't expect it to be. So far in front by well, what fifty minutes four nil? Yeah, and uh, I think I think twenty four minutes three nil. Um, yeah, I mean, mm. I I remember saying to uh, uh, Liam of Living with Maidley fame, who was sat next to me for the game, three <laughs> um, nil. I just turned to him, I was like, it's only twenty seven minutes played. Like, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've got another, you know, close to another hour yet. If you include injury time, saying it went three nil up, and I looked at the clock and I was like, it, it felt almost like four because we scored again soon after we disallowed, which mm. were. I've not looked at it back, to be completely honest, but it, it, it looked a bit, wow, that could have got in as well. You know, we were absolutely all over him. I think just to sort of uh, put to bed the, the they were on the beach argument, I think they started off actually really well in the first 10 minutes. Mm. I thought, like, they passed it around really, really well, um, and I'm thinking, this is going to be a really tough game. We're going to have to dig in here. I do think after 2-0, they probably thought, yeah, stuff this. <laughs> Especially you know, with us getting a third so soon after the second. That's it. I don't think they gave up because they created some chances, uh, especially in the second half. But yeah, there's a, the, I, I can understand. I'll accept that they weren't in any sort of mood to mount the sort of 
energy needed for a, to come back from 3-0 down. But I don't believe that they started the game on the... I thought they actually started really well, but we just the two goals actually absolutely just blew them away, basically, and then there were no coming back from it. Yeah, I, th- I definitely think they came to play. And, yeah, I think you're, you're right. 2-0 and then 3-0 very quickly. I imagine they, uh, some of the motivation may have been sapped out of them, but they probably would out a lot of teams. But I highly doubt they wanted to lose that game 4-0 and were happy with that, no. to be honest. Because I've seen some... I've seen... I, I were on the Forest Forum earlier because I'm just obviously getting some views, the best views from, and one of them was saying, oh, we were more impressive than we beat them because... They weren't on the beach then, and um, you know we, they, they were still fighting for something. Disagree completely. I think they started that game to, as a team who wanted to win. They, they weren't just sort of knocking it about and not caring. I will, as I said, I'll accept after three 0 they probably didn't have the motivation in them to, to to what you need, the energy you need to mount a comeback like that. But that's, you can't take anything away from that performance. No, absolutely not. And uh, quite, I mean. In retrospect, perhaps it wasn't their strongest team. I didn't sort of clock this at the time uh, when mm. we were hashing out every possible outcome in the pub beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we're a twelve thirty kickoff, um, and, I, and I mean this in a in a positive way, not in a like, oh my god, that dragged <laughs> sitting around with you guys. Yeah. But like, that felt like a really long build up to the game. I feel like we sort of, we must I mean, have we like met, gone um, over every situation possible. Yeah, we met at 10, obviously, and uh, good to meet up with Tufts Club and uh, Hal mm. as well. Uh, um, but yeah, we obviously, we went through everything and we were like, and, and it, I agree, it were a bit like a, a playoff match, a bit like a playoff final to me. You know, when you get that old day before the actual game starts. Yeah. Um, and it was like a playoff in a way. It, it was like, because, you know, you could your, your season could have ended that day. And whatever happens, we'll obviously get onto the Forest game. I'm just so happy we've extended the season because... I've gone in on these plays a few times on air, especially after that Reading performance. I thought that, you know, they're, they're, they're gone. They're, they're not good enough. I said earlier on in the season as a collective, they were gone as a, as a top-end championship team. And they've absolutely proved me wrong, not just for that performance, but since Reading, to win three and draw one. Mm. I think that does take character, and it's sort of it's the sort of character that I've said we've liked, and I was wrong. Yeah, well, we we said, didn't we, that uh, after the Bristol City game, we said we will need to win our last three games, and in the end... Two would have been more than enough, it turns out. But yeah, we went yeah. ahead and did it anyway. Um, and I'll, I think, in the back half of this podcast, we'll look ahead to Forest and talk about playoffs generally. But um, mm. we're going into it in some some nice form, which is not normal for us with playoffs. So maybe that's some. No, uh, no, something I, to to you, I said to you before the game: the the best, the worst case scenario if we get into the playoffs is we get hammered by Fulham four 0 but Middlesbrough slip up and you go in England. Oh, here we go. Mm. I said, but. The best case scenario, we've just beat the. I said, like, if we beat the champions at home, the confidence. I'd never expected us to beat the champions at home 4 0. So, yeah. With the team that we've got and and the injuries and everything like that, we can't ask for any more. And it's a massive credit to the players and Eckingbottom that even as, you know, even after Stoke, where we were eighth, I didn't expect us to finish in the playoffs. Certainly not by, you know, five points clear. Mm so yeah, this the Fulham team. I, at first glance, I was like, "Oh God, they've, they've picked basically the strongest team here." And all right, yeah. on on reflection, uh, change the goalkeeper. There's no Harry Wilson. He got a he got a knock against um, uh, Luton in the seven nil. Uh, Kearney, I think, would ordinarily start for them as well. Yeah. Still got Mitrovic. Still got Fabio Carvalho. Uh, is Fabio right? Fabio yeah, Carvalho. Yep. Yeah, who is already has a move agreed to join Liverpool in the summer. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, basically every player here, apart from uh, a, a number three, who I think is terrible, um, would stroll into our team, basically. Um, this is what I'd like to say, though, because I was the same as you. I didn't sort of clock that Harry Wilson in it. Um, 
I think that is a what they put out would, in my opinion, still go up in the championship or at least be a you know top six. Mitrovic and Carvalho, yes. <laughs> yeah. Mitrovic, Carvalho I mean. and nine idiots should be enough for top there's, six. Yeah, well, there's a reason they've absolutely hammered the league and it's because not just the first team's good, but the squad's good as well. So I I accept they made changes and I'll, I can understand, you know, if, if, if it had mattered and Middlesbrough had done the business, they might have said, oh, I can't believe they did this. But it's still a team that would be almost every other side in the league, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, we are the only team that Fulham haven't scored against in the league this season. Mm. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, Not many clear-cut chances in the two games, neither. I know they're at the bar in the, 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 game. the their ground. Yeah. And that was the wrong chance of the entire 90 minutes. And then in this one, obviously, Wes pulled a couple of decent saves off. Mm, yeah, one one very good one we'll, uh, mm. we'll definitely mention. But, uh, yeah, Coventry did the double over them as well. So we're not the only team to have done the double over them this season. But, uh, yeah, the only... Coventry are Coventry are just, like, hammering all the best sides, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, where where did they finish again? Was it 12th? Yes, it was 12th, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah, because obviously they were very big-headed after the... Uh, or only three points off Sheffield United were better than them. And then the Amad Fulham, the Amadors, but obviously they can't raise it for the uh, so-called lesser teams. The seems. bread and butter of the championship. The bread and butter, that's it. Yeah, the <laughs> bread and butter. They're not getting one nil wins at home to Cardiff like us. <laughs> <laughs> so I think one of the things we did talk about beforehand, and uh, I, I credit Liam with this one, he was, he was very vocal on this point. Um, I think all we... All we wanted, really, as United fans, was the team to turn up and put in a performance mm-hmm. that we could be. We could say, like, all right, they did the best that they could today, and if they lose, they lose because Fulham are really good. They're the best team in the league. Yeah, we've been so inconsistent this year, I think, but this yeah. was right up there with one of the best performances. And I, I think yeah. our highs this season, like when we're absolutely on it. I do think our highs have to be as high as anyone else in the league, and that I, yeah, probably bodes well for a three-game shootout or a two-game shootout. Like when you have that ceiling with your team, I think the problem with United this season, and this is under Slav as well, and it, it, not as much under Eckingbottom, but it does still happen. We're inconsistent in the middle of games, <laughs> you know, especially under Slav, where we'd play fantastic for twenty minutes, and sometimes we win a game by doing that, and we'd be awful for the rest of it or whatever. But we even do it under Eckingbottom this time, you know, QPR. First 45 minutes, yeah, all right, whatever, yeah. And then we just turned it on and we won. And we have that in us. We definitely have that in us. And I don't know if... I don't know how... I mean, Forest obviously do have that in them as well, but I'm not sure Luton and Huddersfield do. They're more consistent. I think even though we finished above Luton, they have been more consistent all season because they've always been around the top six. Mm. I do think us and Forest are the ones with the star power, if you like, which doesn't always work because I think Huddersfield are getting a... A bit of a rough ride, to be honest, because mm. everyone's just going on about us and whoever wins that one. I listened to Talk Sport last night. They're like, whoever wins that one, you've got to be clear favourites. I'm like, hang on. Huddersfield's been top six literally all season. Us and Forest have just sort of come out of nowhere, really. Um, so I think Huddersfield, for me, I think Huddersfield are the best side in the playoffs. I think they've proven that, and I think they're the hardest to beat. But I do think us and Forest have the best. You know, people can turn it on and win you a game within 10, 15 minutes, which is what we saw, basically, on Saturday. Yeah, uh, I mean, final day drama, what final day drama? It, it really couldn't have gone well, the, the word, I mean, did you find out about press? Because we were 3-0 up and I forgot about Middlesbrough a bit and then there was a girl next to us and she was like, uh, 
Well, Preston are winning 2 0, and I, I think I told to F off, like, not in a, an aggressive way, but like in a. What? No way. This is going way too well. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I could hear, um, I think some people started singing Chrissy Wilder's F'd It Up again, which um, is, a, is a bit harsh, to be honest. I'm not sure. It doesn't have a great record of effing it up with uh, <laughs> in his career, no. to be honest. Um, oh, no, no. But that, that was my Sand inkling. Strikers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it was it was so comfortable. I mean, I checked I checked the scores at half time as I do just out of curiosity. Yeah. You know, regardless of the stage of the season, I was like, oh, they're, they're, I think they were two 0 down. Yeah, my brother messaged me saying, um, I think Preston had had a second goal disallowed, and then like a minute right, later yeah. they just scored anyway. Um, and we're obviously three yeah. 0 up at that point. And yeah, I know. Um, was it was it dead bat at this stage? Was uh, it was talking about an eight goal swing being the only thing that yeah. could mess us up? But I, I just thought it was Messing done. Me a three nil saying, uh, "Here we go." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, Luton were winning, but obviously I'd, I'd no bearing on us. Do, do you want to um, quickly talk about Borough here? Not to derail a Sheffield United podcast, but um, that's pretty embarrassing to lose four one to a team with nothing to play for when you need I a result the... yourself. I'll run the Middlesbrough forum yesterday, as, as I do, I like going on forward, especially when we've won, looking at what the rivals are saying and stuff. And uh, Yeah, 50-50, I think. I think some people are saying it was a good season, they've come out of nowhere. Others pointed out that when Warnock left, they were four points off the playoffs and they finished five points off the playoffs. While they give a very emotional interview, if people haven't heard it, after the game on Radio Tees, I think it is. Mm. Um, worth listening, actually. Very remin- reminiscent of his first season in the Championship with us when he was talking about how much he needs to build a new squad and very, very hard on his sleeve. And I don't know. I've seen people say he's got the best out of a bad squad there at Borough. I don't personally see it like that, to be honest, because I think all the numbers were suggesting that Middlesbrough were about to turn the corner, mm. even under Warnock. And while they did definitely kick him on, and they had that fantastic cup run and it looks really good side, but they had a head start on us and they finished five points behind us. That would be... Definitely thinking it's a missed opportunity for Middlesbrough. But I do expect him to come back next season, so I do think Wilder's a good manager. Yeah. No, you're right about the numbers. Yeah, they were very... A lot of the, the XG stats had Middlesbrough as one of like the top, top sort of four or five teams, like even under Warnock. Um, I'm looking now when... Uh, so this is after Jukanovic's last game. We were level on points with Borough, but we obviously we won that game. So I guess a few few games before that, which yeah. is... Wilder was already in charge at that point, wasn't he, I think? Yeah. Yes, yeah, was, yeah, he came in before I came on, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. So we got four points. I remember when we lost to Derby. I remember we lost to Derby uh, away, and Middlesbrough won that day. And there were so many posts on on Twitter saying, understandably as well, saying, "But well, you know what's going to happen here, don't we? Chris Wilder's going to go up. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> our, our old manager's going to take his new team up, and we're just going to be mid-table. So to turn that around, it's a massive, massive credit to Eckingbourne. Yeah, and we've avoided the nightmare scenario of having to play uh, Chris Wilder in the playoffs at some point. Um, but yeah, that's... Uh... Uh, that's the thing as well. I think all... Sorry, I, I think all the neutrals expected us, us, Forest, West Brom and uh, Middlesbrough to get in the playoffs. I think everyone thought Huddersfield and Luton were going to fall away. And you've got to give them massive credit for staying, particularly Luton with their wage bill. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, back to our game. I, I didn't see... I. I... I didn't think Borough would get hammered four-one. To be honest, even though they have they've been really poor away from home this season, and you pointed out Preston's home record's been very mm-hmm. impressive as well. But yeah, yeah that uh, oh dear, I, if that had happened to us, I would have been really quite upset. To be honest, even if it, it ultimately became immaterial. 
Yeah, yeah. They were absolutely shocking by all accounts. It could have been more. And I know that, um, like I said, I went in the middle of the forum and they were... I think the fact that us and Luton won softens the blow a little bit because even if they'd have won 5-0, you know, it still wouldn't have mattered. But, yeah, there must be that sort of feeling of... I mean, Wilder in his interview after the match talks about he needs attitude over ability now with his squad, which possibly tells you a few things about the yeah, the mental attitude of that squad. And it's things I've aimed at our squad and they've proven me wrong. Mm, indeed. Well, so no final day drama. Um, did you... We had a guard of honour for Fulham. Did you see that? Were you in the I didn't ground? see this, no. Yeah, I missed it I, as well. I, to I went to the toilet. Uh, I think we all did. Just the greasy chip butter, yeah. Just had loads of booze, and so I, I inferred <laughs> that that was what was taking place. Um... <laughs> I don't know if I don't think I would have booed a guard of honor, but I, I've got to be honest. I didn't applaud Mitrovic. I'm such a I'm such a yes. prat when it comes to respecting. I will lead in the chance of Billy Sharp. Just so I don't. Yeah, so I'm not going to knock you for that. You know, when you're caught up in the moment of the game, that's part of it. As long as it's not so, you know, as long as it's not nothing vulgar or you know racist or homophobic or anything like that. I think it's fine to have a bit of you know jibes at the opposition and stuff like that, but. You know, fair play. He got a. He did get a standing ovation from certain quarters as well. But yeah, when I'm at the match, I hate the opposition players. So I can't, <laughs> I can't do that. And then I feel embarrassed about it afterwards. I'm just like, oh, I should have, could have probably shown a bit more, bit more respect, a bit more class there, to be honest. But uh, yeah, get off the trivet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just giving him a big wave instead. Like, yeah, yeah playing yeah, Luton yeah. now, mate. You know, he's playing a real defence here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so that was good anyway. Well well done, United, and everybody who uh, was, was on board with, you know, showing respect to the best team in the championship this season. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a brilliant atmosphere. It made me it made me think, especially at full-time, actually, when the, um, when the players and all the management and stuff were coming around, that that's what I've been looking forward to when we all came back to the, to the grounds yeah. after the pandemic. I was, yeah, I, I don't know if I just had unrealistic expectations of what the atmosphere would be like this season after sort of 18 months away from football, but... This was just, I mean, one of the loudest um, like home yeah. crowds I've heard in a long time, and obviously it quieted down towards the end because everything yeah, was settled. But- there was there was no you know no <clears throat> excuse me no jeopardy. Everything was yeah just co- you know we got two literal children up front um, yeah, and we're just yeah, yeah. coasting it out full and we're just uh, having a party in the sunshine. But yeah, 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 I, th- yeah. I thought it was um, absolutely rocking in that first. It was. I, I saw a Sunderland fan who were there for some reason in the in the full end uh, on on one of the vlogs, and he said it's the the best atmosphere he's seen this season, um, which is understandable. It's a big game. I'm not like I'm not being a Wednesday fan. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> best atmosphere in world, but it's been poor this season. The atmosphere and everyone sort of commented on that. So to come out and you know to, to for it to be that good on a, such an important day, it's got to help. And I reckon it'll be like that again on Saturday. To be honest, I think you are probably correct in that one. Yeah. So uh, the team is unchanged once again. Uh, Balled up back on the bench, wasn't he? And uh, who dropped out? Mm, on I'm not sure. Sorry, should have looked at that. Yeah, Jebis- sorry, I, I, was there as well. Yeah, because obviously the two strikers are in there. Uh, anyway, carry on. I'll have a go while you. Yeah, no worries. Uh, yeah, and so I mean, we, we've kind of stumbled onto this this way of playing, if you like, and this team that's mm. just—it's so good to watch. I mean, we've been saying this for like the last four games now. I think. I mean, even going back to yeah. Bristol City, which we we didn't win, and Cardiff, where we only scored one goal. I just think it's so dynamic with, you know, with Berger given license to play much higher up the pitch, Gibbs White and Njai, I won't repeat what we've said previously, but they have such a great understanding together. And uh, yeah, the aggression that those three play with and press really high up the pitch and 
the way they interchange is amazing to watch. And yeah, Fulham absolutely couldn't live with it in that first half at all, could yeah. they? Is it, do you know what? And I'm not going in on the player, but I don't think we get in the playoffs if McBurney's up front for these last four games. Nothing necessarily to do with him, just the way that we would play with McBurney up front. We've stumbled upon these three. We've all. I think we found it hard all season to get Berger, Gibbswar and Endai in the side. And we've managed to find a way out of purely out of luck, really, due to injuries. And it's, what, four games, three three wins and a draw. And we've created more chances in those four games. Cardiff weren't fantastic, but, you know, Bristol City, we've created loads of chances. QPO, and obviously yesterday, it's Saturday. We're definitely looking the most dangerous we've looked all season going forward. Yeah, I mean, if it, just at half time, I was thinking, oh, we've won the last ninety minutes of football six nil, and it could have been sort yeah. of ten or twelve, to be honest. Like, I watched, the, I watched Quest. I don't know if you saw Quest, and one of the guys off the not the top twenty podcast on there was saying that I think United fans were worrying that the best case scenario would be limping into the playoffs, which I think we all did. But to score six goals, you know, in, in, in two forty-five minute games, has just like completely changed the complexion of how you're thinking this team can perform and. Like I say, it has been luck more than judgment. I don't think yet any of us would have said we need to start and die up front as a you know as a lone striker or whatever it is we're doing. But he's by far the best option we've got if Billy Sharp's out, and that includes if people are fit for me. Mm. Yeah, completely. Um, so we take the lead. Uh, what was that in the tenth minute? Nice early goal. Uh, as soon as it went back to Norwood in the in the Norwood zone, I knew good things yeah. were about to happen. Were you the same <laughs> on that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. The ping. I really feel we've not managed to do that much this season. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, he, he hasn't got that many assists, Norwood, has he? But certainly when he signed, there was this little square of pitch about you know ten yards by ten yards on the right hand wing, yeah. where if he ever got the time to just send one in first time. Good things happened, and uh, yeah, Billy Sharp on the goal drip run the end of it every time, weren't they? Oh yes, and uh, yeah, this one Osborne lays it back to him. He sends it in. Gibbs White's free at the front post, and he heads it in off the uh, off the post. Keeper probably should have done a little bit better here, but it's still a very good header. I'm not sure he saves it if he does give it a full sort of effort, but mm. it does, does kind of look like he leaves it a little bit. But um, yeah, what a start! That's his eleventh of the season, I think, or his eleventh for us. Yeah, eleven um, for us, eleven assists, I think, as well. So ridiculous! What a player! It might be twelve assists now. It might be twelve assists now, actually. Anyway, well, it could well be. Let me uh, let me drop the the fact that uh, Stephen Mumford sent us on Twitter for this one. Yeah, each goal scorer went on to assist the very next goal scored in this game. So Gibbs White got the first. He then set up and Jai, and Jai then set up Berger, and Berger then set up Ender Stevens. So. Yeah. If there's ever been a four-goal sequence like that with every, you know, each scorer assisting the next goal, then I'd love yeah. to hear it. But nice, uh, nice little fact there, anyway. Um, so the second goal, Berger, well, Seri falls over, doesn't he? Um, yeah, I, we do get a bit of luck with that. But what I will, what I really liked, and I didn't sort of appreciate it at the time, is how calm everyone was in that move. Mm. You've got Berger sort of just making a, a no. He, he could have shot or something from there or whatever you you expecting Gibbs White to shoot I think everyone shoot <laughs> but he's obviously got the awareness to see Endai and then Endai who has missed some unbelievable chances I think it's fair to say this season especially in the second half of the season where he's sort of panicked and blasted and what a finish that no goalkeeper saving that I know he's like he, he should score but he just slams so it in much, doesn't 
so confident, so confident just to put it in and just sort of like his celebration of like, yeah, what are you expecting? <laughs> I love that. Obviously didn't notice that at the time, but yeah, yeah. Seeing, seeing the replay, just sort of the shrug of shoulders like, yeah, what did you expect? So good. How many uh, <laughs> How many goals has he got now in Jai? Is he on like seven for the season? I think seven or eight, yeah, seven or eight, I think it is, yeah. And he's obviously, yeah, he's got some massive By the way, goals. we're uh, Captain Croatia who missed out on the, uh, on the bench. Ah, yeah, possibly. <laughs> Yeah, possibly won't see him again. What, that would be, he can go yeah. down with the um, Charlie Good and Panos Retsos. Like, bit harsh on him, rem- Matt. No, I am. I, I don't mean in terms of ability. Yeah. I mean in terms of like, <laughs> hey, remember when we had this player and they barely played? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Jai, uh, I'm just looking now, his last four games, four goals and an assist as well. Well, this is the thing. I just think when we needed it. I think I'm, I'm obviously made for a couple of pints after, and I think I said to you then, we needed someone to step up and... He's actually on a, a goal-scoring record, a goal-scoring form at the moment, like no other striker we've had all seasons been on, even Sharp. I don't think Sharp's got four in four or whatever, it's, whatever it is. So. Well, I think there was, uh, in fact, I did retweet this, so let me just bring this up. But I believe he is the youngest person to score three. Da, 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 da. Yeah, here we go. Uh, he's the youngest player to score in three consecutive championship appearances for Sheffield United since Billy Sharp in 2008. Really? So, uh, yeah. yeah, he's... Uh, he really has stepped up. If only he could play longer than an hour. Imagine how good he'll be it's when so he can play until when, when he went down again, like at 60 minutes, I was just like, because someone behind me goes, oh no. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he's always just got, he's, he's always off. He's not injured. <laughs> no, no, exactly. And what a 60 minutes the, he gives us. That is the worry if Sharp isn't back. Um, and I'm hoping against hope that Sharp makes the bench on Saturday, which mm. is probably unrealistic, but. Not all games are going to be that comfortable in the in the playoffs. I imagine that I can't imagine us being four 0 up against Forest, for instance. And we're going to ask, it's a lot to ask for bring Sula on for half an hour against one of the best sides in the league. Indeed, but can you imagine if we get an another sixty minutes like that out of Njai, and then you bring in on Billy Sharp for the last thirty? That, that's it. That's the dream. The dream. Is the Sharp dream. Back, I think it makes a huge difference because we are going to have to play an hour of these two ties without Ndai. I think. Yeah. And uh, what is this? Only like two, do, 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 two rest days, right? Between play Saturday, two rest and day, yeah. Tuesday, Saturday, Saturday Tuesday, Tuesday. Yeah, Saturday, Tuesday. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. So yeah, yeah. As yeah I su- to... Sunday, Monday off, and then uh, <laughs> yeah, at it again. Um, so if yeah. we can somehow get short back, I don't know how realistic that is, but you know that'd be fantastic. It would. Otherwise, yeah, Asula's going to uh, have to have to step in there again, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah and Jai sets up the third. Gets to the byline and pulls it back for Sander Berger, who slams it into the goal. My only regret is that all these goals happened at the other end of the pitch, but yeah. which meant I didn't get a great view of um, of one and three particularly. But wasn't totally sure if they'd actually what gone was in. So on weird because it were like yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> you know. Because obviously the keep, he, he obviously I think the keeper should do better, shouldn't I? Hmm. Uh, I don't know if it was. It might have been Kevin Gage on the SUTV highlights. It might have not been him, so I don't want to slag him off for no reason. But he, um, someone said that well, nothing the keeper could do about it. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, to be honest. But <laughs> yeah, I think it was only when watching the Shoreham View uh, vlog that uh, I yeah. sort of noticed that people like half celebrated and then uh, fully celebrated. <laughs> but mm. yeah, well, it was a slightly weird angle. Um, the third goal, I've, I've just got to credit Liam here again, actually, because he... Uh, not only gave me a hug and lifted me off my feet, but then <laughs> held me aloft yeah. for a, a significant period of time. And if, if anyone's not uh, encountered me in the wild, I am I'm not a small human being. 
So, no. Absolutely. It's a bit like if anyone's into WWF or WWE, WWE, it's like when Hulk Hogan picked up Andre the Giant and everyone's like, oh my, I've never been body slammed before. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, that wasn't the uh, the outcome of this particular lift. But yeah, it was it was a remarkable experience, I've got to say, uh, in every aspect. Um, and there we were, 3-0 up after 24 minutes. Uh, I was literally laughing. It was just... Yeah, an absolute dream, and yeah, you know I cannot remember anything outside of that half other than Fodringham save at the end and the disallowed goal because mm. I was just so sort of happy, if you know what I mean, and singing and what have you. Yeah, we had we had two disallowed, uh, loosely disallowed. I mean, the Njai one where he goes around the keeper, he's yeah, very yeah. clearly offside, and then um, I can't remember who it is gets the header from the corner, but Gibbs White is pretty clearly offside again when he. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, he, he flicks it towards goal and then scores the rebound. Um, but yeah, other than that, yeah. Egan Egan had one over the bar as well in this half. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Gibbs White, excuse me, wriggled and you know hit the side net in. I think and Jai had a couple others that he sort of put across into a good position. We were just absolutely rampant. And then a huge save by Fodringham just before yeah. half time. I mean, I, I say huge, obviously. <laughs> Uh, you know, with with twenty four hours distance or whatever, it was ultimately meaningless. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, but at the time, have, yeah, would have been a little bit more nervous. Uh, well, it would have been the first time I was nervous if this had gone in. Um, I was pretty at the time. I thought he should have come and collected the through ball uh, that had gone through. But I actually, having seen it back a few times, I think that's pretty. Big I was ask, exactly the same as you. I was like, he should have come out for that. And then I've seen it, and you're like, actually, yeah, and it, it's a f- fantastic save. It's brilliant. I mean, he he has to sprint a cr- full length across his goal and then, yeah, throws himself at Carvalho's shot, I think it is, he's arriving in and uh, somehow mm. pushes it over the bar. Do you see Egan punching it off the top of the net as well? I would. I was thinking, <laughs> what are you doing? I, I didn't realise it had gone behind, like, because obviously where I am in the copy, it just looked like it were in the end. I'm like, why are you unballing it? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>, it's <three laughs> not going in or anything. You're going to be out for the playoffs. <laughs> oh, my God, imagine that. Uh, huge save. You know, he, he, he had a few more things to do in the second half, Fodringham, but... Um, we definitely kind of dialed it back a bit at that point. So it was, and it wasn't anything particularly strenuous, was it? It was a couple of headers and a no a... Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough. Sorry, Fulham in the in the final fifteen did have all the ball and had a couple of chances. But as you said, we had two kids up front. We were obviously saving energy as well. Mm, yeah, I think so. Uh, so yeah, half time was just just dreamland basically. I mean, we've had a few games like that in you know not too recent past, but yeah, best uh, kind of best feeling I can remember since covid hit basically yeah um, yeah 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 <clears throat> yeah great you know nice sunny day just full house obviously a, a sellout and yeah just sort of walking at the back of the cop with everybody just absolutely buzzing basically it was yeah, um, yeah. yeah quite an experience and then just to put the seal on things we go and get a fourth goal four minutes into the second half this and... is what surprised me more than anything because i think everyone's thinking right we're three nil up middlesbrough's losing two nil i think we're two nil that same i mean two one of that say i can't remember but we were thinking we're just going to keep it safe, you know. And I, I expected a really boring half, actually, because I, mm. I thought we'll just try and... And then four minutes later, <laughs> we're four nil up. And a fantastic... The best goal. Probably the best goal of the lot. Yeah. Uh, Osborne cuts in from the right. He finds Fleck, who plays a really well, you know, well-measured uh, first-time pass to Berger. He was in on mm. goal, and I was like, what are you doing when he passed it? Yeah, I can't so believe he, he passed yeah. it, because... I don't know why I just hadn't clocked that there was anyone on the far side of the pitch, but yeah, he, he himself plays a first-time pass, and Ender Stevens plays a first-time pass into the back of the net. Uh, I've seen Stevens miss them this mm. uh, in the past couple of seasons where he panicked and blasted 
you know, will hit it straight. I remember one at Fulham, actually, last season, away. I don't know if you remember that one. Mm, but I, I think Sharp plays him in. And um, he, he hits it straight at the goalkeeper when we were losing 1-0. And um, this, yeah, fantastic finish again. His, uh, I believe I've got this right. That's his first league goal for 27 months, right? Since February 2020. <sighs> What's that against Brighton? Yeah. Wow. Good gravy. That's a long time. Yeah. Uh, he obviously scored in the League Cup. Uh, yeah, Southampton. Yeah, Southampton. But, <clears throat> oh, blimey, that is that has been a long time coming, and yeah, just um, I don't know. It reminded me of when he scored against Forest actually in the um, the running of that play, uh, the promotion season. You know when we yeah, won two 0 yeah, in front of the cop and like just ran off celebrating in front of everyone. That was a nice, nice sunny day as well. Yeah, um, yeah great, great for him to get on the score sheet. I, I really, I feel like I have uh, been consistent in this and said it in the last three or four pods, but maybe not. But I do feel he has been pretty good since he's come back into the team this time, like over the last three or four games. Am I, I agree. Uh... Yeah, no, I don't think he's been superb, but I think, no, he's no, no. I think he's been a step up on Norrie Day. What I liked about that, and he's done this in fairness in the past, particularly the past two games, second half QPR, he's got forward really well, far better than Norrie Davis has mm. when he's been there. And that makes such a huge difference. We've talked and talked about how the fullbacks were giving us nothing and how we couldn't get up the pitch and stuff like that. To see, obviously, Ender Stevens pop up in the penalty area, that's what you want to see, and we want to see more of it. Yeah, and he, yeah, he has definitely been doing that since... Uh, well, certainly since Bristol City. I'm not sure if he was in the team for the yeah, game. Yeah, he played really well against Bristol City, actually. He obviously had an hand in the in the equaliser, didn't he, when he shot? Um, and he was popping up in good areas, and he's good at that. He scored a lot of goals at the end of the Championship promotion season. Yeah. So... Yeah, um, yeah, more of that, please. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I've got to admit, it took me a good few seconds to compute who it was that had scored. Yeah. I, I actually thought it was Jack Robinson at first. I was, I was having like a, <laughs> what is he doing there kind of moment. But <laughs> in, in a way, Ender Stevens being there is almost as shocking, as I said, 27 months after his uh, last yeah. league goal for us. Um, but yeah, d- uh, great to put the seal on that. And then... Yeah, I think we just we just coasted through the rest of the game, didn't we? we Save the legs. Yeah, of, um... we we had a couple more. I think Njay at the post, but we were offside. Um, I don't remember. There was another that. move where uh, can you not remember that? No. <laughs> he was, I think he blew offside. And he had a shot just just from I think just inside the area and he hit the post. Uh, right. uh, Egan had a header. Oh, well, that was a good save, actually. Yeah, yeah from, good save from the Finally keeper. got one on target. Old yeah, Egan, yeah, and the keeper like, saves it. Like Eggie's obviously he turns around to me and is like. Even Egan's nearly scored an header. <laughs> yeah, Asula comes on for. I actually didn't realise this at the time, um, but this was his home debut. So yeah, uh, I didn't realise this. Yeah, yeah. Nice yeah. to see another another youngster making. Um, yeah, making their full. Uh, not their full. Sorry, their first mm. appearance uh, at Bramall Lane. Uh, again, thought he did pretty well. Uh, you know, he had a couple of couple of moments where he just dwelt on it a bit too long, but I, I like the intent. He was trying to. You know, that two on one, didn't he, with um, Gibbs White, where he was running at, I think, yeah. Anthony Robinson, and just it, Robinson just robbed him. Uh, yeah. And another one where he tried to. Go on, sorry. Yeah, sorry, carry on. So I'm just going to mention the one you're on about, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just where he kind of tries to almost stumble through with the ball into the box, really, and just, just get nicked away from him. But I think we're 4 0 up. You you know, you do you, basically. <laughs> you, try, yeah. you, you try and show us what you can do. So, yeah, Jebison uh, gets on the pitch as well for. Um, is that his first appearance for a little while, actually? I feel like he's obviously been out of the team, hasn't he, Jefferson? Yeah, yeah, that'll have been first in Stoke, I think. Yeah, blimey, I think you're right. And, um, yeah, Hurrahan comes on as well. Fulham have a few pot shots, but uh, 
and, and you know they're they're all having a lovely time in the away end. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, we we've coasted through. It was uh, just a, a slightly surreal end to the game in a way of like, oh, it's it's not supposed to be like this, you know. Yeah, we, we've every United fans talked, you know, ad, fin, ad infinitum about our ability to mess it up on the last day of the season and or you know win yeah. a win a do or die game, I suppose. And I, the the only thing I don't want to hear is that this wasn't a do or die game <laughs> just because of what happened everywhere else. We, yeah, yeah, because we didn't know. We had no idea. We did what Obviously. we needed to when do. We were free to all. Yeah. And Nicky Bottom said before the game that they were only what he were only gonna let one person on the coaching staff get the other results because he wanted to know obviously in the second half if if we only needed a point, for instance, you know, had to tactical change things. But he didn't want the rest of the squad or or the coaches knowing mm. what were going on elsewhere, whether that changed when obviously we're falling up, I'm not sure, but Maybe, yeah. Uh just for the record on Jebison, yeah, he was uh he played half an hour against Reading and then not mm. in squad, not in squad on the bench for the last two games. Yeah. Um what else before we talk about this? Before we move on, rather, um, I, I just I want to just pick out a few individuals here, uh, maybe that were not mentioned. I thought this is such a hipster take, but then I think lots of other people probably agree with me. So maybe it's not actually a hipster take, but I would I would say Egan was man of the match. I thought he was yep. absolutely immense, and yep. just want to reiterate, he has played every single minute of every single league game this season. Uh, he's one of only four outfield players in the whole league to have done that, and United's yeah. official account says that he's only the sixth player of the past, uh, the sixth Sheffield United player of the f- past fifteen seasons to do it. I'm presuming they mean what? outfield players, but I'm not actually sure because obviously uh... Henderson would have not been able to play against Manchester United. Ramsdale played. Actually, no. Rams did Ramsdale play every game last season? Uh, Ramsdale must have played every game because Fodrigan never played, did he? Oh no! Yeah. He, oh yeah. No, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah, remember yeah, Simon Moore playing. Yeah. So Ramsdale anyway. be one. Jackie LQ's played every week, didn't he? But <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I think that's just a little reminder of like, you know, when we when we criticise Egan, uh, I, I will continue to criticise him for not being able to head the ball on target. But <laughs> when we criticise him for you know a defensive lapse or you know the the ball over the top that we always go yeah. about. Just remember, this guy plays every minute of every game, which and he plays every minute for Ireland as well, mm, which is yeah. no mean achievement. He is a really good championship defender, and I yeah. thought he—I uh, know it's a cliche, but he really did have Mitrovic in his pocket. I thought every time the ball went into Mitrovic, he was on him immediately, nicking it away or making sure that he, you know, was going away from goal. And not I for the first brilliant. time this season as well. This is what I'd like to, because again, if if anyone's listening who didn't go to the game or, or thinking, oh yeah, but Mitrovic, he already brought the record. He went, well, he did exactly the same to him at Craven Cottage. Mm. Um, he's definitely in those two games. I don't think he's had a kick against him in 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 two two games of football. Yeah, he's uh, and he's a similar sort of well. player in the way that the, the players he struggled against Egan this season has been like Keenan Davis, for instance, at Forest, mm. and he's. You know, he's a strong guy. And I don't know. He's just had the better of him with this one. So hopefully that that'll kick him on for the next uh, for the playoffs as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Berger just total class again. I mean, obviously, I think he was one of the players who I sort of noticed more that he dialed it back in the second half. If you like, you know, yes, after, he did. after yeah. an hour, which has uh, been a justified criticism uh, criticism of him this season, mm. where he just sort of disappears. But I think this was a <laughs> this was a justified disappearance because the game was obviously over. Um, oh, he's he's been really impressive the last four games or so, and yeah. <clears throat> this that front three is genuinely very exciting for 
the next I think two that front three games. is better than anything we had in the Premier League, to be honest, in those two seasons, in terms of creativity. Whether it'd work or not, I'm mm. not sure. But in terms of actual creativity and skill and, and talent, Berger, Gibbs, White, and Dye, that reminds me almost of a. I don't know, like a sort of Crystal Palace front line, if you know what I mean. I, I wouldn't be that surprised if they had those three up front, for instance, or something like that. I'm not saying they are Premier League players. They've all got a lot to learn uh, to improve on, particularly in die. But I think that I'm really excited by those front three because they can cause so many issues for every single team in this league. So I, I think they'll cause. I think they cause issues for teams in the league above. Yeah. I mean, they've they just got so much. The way they're playing at the moment, all three of them are on fire as well. You know, there's not. Mm. I know we don't have any options, but. Yeah, there's no player there that's like, oh, it's a bit of a weak link. We're kind of carrying him a little bit, aren't we? Dude? Yeah, all three of them. I'm like edge of my seat when they get the ball and the way they interchange with each other. Yeah, it's, yeah. that's that's probably uh, a big part of why I'm I am looking forward to um, taking on Forest in the playoffs, um, which we will get to in a moment. Uh, Michael Hector, pretty Idiot. pretty dirty challenge on yeah. um, on Asula, who, who just yeah. done him on the touchline basically. I will uh, wave my imaginary card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought he was a little bit lucky to uh, only get booked for that. But mm. um, he's rubbish. I've, I'm, uh, long-time listeners will know my disdain for this player. I'm and with I'm, you. I remember him playing for Wednesday and everyone was like, what a defender. And I'm like, he's just a kick it and edit away sort of defender, if you know what I mean. So he's not that yeah. good at that either. No, I'll get rid of him for them if, you, if you've got any uh, hopes of staying up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything else to talk specifically from this game or, or individuals? And, and then we'll move on to talk um, about Forest and the playoffs generally. Anything you want to hit? It's really, it's really difficult because they all played well. I think everyone were at least an 8 out of 10. I, think, yeah. I, think, I don't think they were a bad bad performance on the on the pitch. And I call Flex gone over, you know, overlooked his performance and Norwood but I'd be going I could do them all to be honest so yeah it's just a fantastic definitely I think it's the best performance of the season yeah certainly certainly in the top two or three yeah just thinking back to like Swansea for example but we but I mean this is obviously a completely different caliber of opposition I mean it is yeah it's strange how Ben Osborne is just I mean he's just the default right wing back now isn't he you know we just and we accept the limitation that he can only use his left foot because he can use it to a good standard. Yeah, <laughs> the rest yeah, of his yeah, game yeah. is great. You know, he's he's got the energy and he, he defends really well. He seems to uh, interplay really well with everyone else down that side as well. So, yeah, I'd just give him mm. one more mention, I suppose. But, um, yeah, great. Like you say, I think it's it'd be so hard not to give any of those players... Sorry, it would be so hard to give any of those players less than 8 out of 10. I thought they were mm. all just yeah. absolutely tremendous. And, uh, yeah, we're in we're in good nick going into the play, playoffs. You know, the... Uh, the season is extended. I'm I'm so happy about that. Like, uh, you know, when you think back to sort of November, December, yeah, we, we did not anticipate this at all. Like when Heckingbottom took what over. I said, well, obviously, we, I opened the pod with uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I was completely wrong. I, all season, I've not seen us getting in the playoffs. All season, even when we were on a decent run, I thought because obviously that's when the injuries were kicking in, Bogle out, Brewster out, and all the you know, and you're thinking just going to be too much, and everything just caught up with us, but. To get in the playoffs in itself is a massive achievement from Eckingbottom from where he came into, from what he came into, should I say. Yeah. And, it, you know, ultimately, we haven't even snuck in either. I mean, I was reading, I think it was on Football no. 365, they were doing their, like, uh, winners and losers from the last day of the championship season. Uh-huh. And uh, the article basically says, like, well, that was a, you know, disappointingly dull final day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Dull for some of you, maybe, but I quite enjoyed it. Um 
But we finished fifth. We were six po- uh, excuse me, five points ahead of Middlesbrough with a, a goal difference twice as good as theirs. So mm-hmm. yeah, in the end, we um, yeah, it's not like we even snuck in, was it? But like you, I, I didn't think we would get here until. Um, well, I suppose until we won at QPR, that that kind of reinforced like, oh no, because I, I do, I did think we would do what needed to be done against Fulham. I just had a sort of maybe a slightly irrational confidence in that one, but um, <laughs> I'll take it anyway. Uh, let's have a quick break, mate, and then we will talk about our next game because the season ain't over. We've got Forest coming up next in the playoffs after this break. Hello, Blades Pod listener. A quick break to tell you about sponsor of this podcast. It is, of course. NordVPN. I use NordVPN to encrypt my own traffic on web and mobile, meaning I never need to worry about unsecure websites or apps or public Wi-Fi connections. Great for me if I'm working on the move, which I very much enjoy doing around Sheffield and savouring all the many excellent coffee shops that will indulge my presence. Uh, NordVPN also make it very easy for me to switch my virtual location with just a single click gives me access to all kinds of streaming platforms that are not available in the UK, like Netflix overseas, Hulu, you name it. Maybe particularly relevant for people who like to watch games of football that may otherwise not be viewable in the UK. Now, NordVPN have a special offer for BladesPod listeners. You can get your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash bladespod or using the code BladesPod when you sign up, and you will get a 73% discount off your NordVPN plan, plus one additional month for free and a bonus gift as well. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. The bonus gift I mentioned is a brand-new feature called Threat Protection, which is anti-malware, protects your devices from malicious ads and pop-ups, phishing sites, and viruses. So head to nordvpn.com slash bladespod now, and try NordVPN risk-free. Thank you for listening. Now let's get back to the podcast. And we're back. And yeah, as I mentioned, it is, of course, Nottingham Forest uh, up next. They were minutes away from playing Luton, actually, weren't they? With their, mm. was it, 97th minute concession against Hull, I think? Yeah, and I mean, this is the thing. As much as I've just slagged people off for underestimating Huddersfield, I think we probably would have preferred them, wouldn't we? Uh, as in to play Huddersfield? Yeah, into play next, I think, yeah. Yeah, so I, I just, there's something about Forest in terms of they're the ones I least would like to lose against. I feel like are the ones I'll most dislike losing to. Probably out of yeah. pick any team in the league, I think. They've uh, been very in, similar to us, I think. I think they've been. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. I think we've, do we finish four points off them in the end? Five, yeah. Five points off them in the end. It, I, I felt like we've gone in very similar directions, but they have. Definitely, they've been better since Cooper came in than we have since Eckenbottom came in. But they've definitely got more attention as well. Whereas I think because we're a new relegated team, parachute payments, people expect us to be in the top six. But there's not really been that much difference between the two teams. I don't think. Not really. The uh, the the Cooper revolution obviously started a few months before the Heckingbottom revolution started, and that is basically the difference. Um, yeah, let me uh, let me just. Do some quick maths here, actually. So when we... Do, 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 do. Okay, yeah. So they've picked up four points more since Heckingbottom took over yeah. than, uh, than we have. So, so there's not much in it. There, there isn't no. much in it at all. And if you t- if you look at it, for instance, as well, they scored in the last minute against us, and they, and they were the best side in that game, so they d- deserved it. But if we'd have held on there, it's even closer. You know, it's fine margins. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
I guess before we get into Heckingbottom, uh, excuse me, before we get into the Forest game, I just want to like reiterate this this turnaround under Heckingbottom. So when he took over, we had twenty three points from nineteen games, so that's one point two points per game, and then we've taken fifty two from our next twenty five, which is two point one points per game. So if you average out that second one over the whole season, we'd have finished five points ahead of Fulham. Yeah. <laughs> which obviously it's not that simple because Forrest would have finished ahead of ahead of us, ahead of Fulham at that point. But yeah. but that's with that's with all our injuries and you know, playing about fifteen games in February and March. That's that's really is an amazing turnaround under Hecky Bottom. Like that really cannot be uh overstated, I don't think. It's just absolutely Yeah, and I, I think as I said, I feel like we've had a, a similar sort of season to Forrest in the sense that we started awfully and then we've we've ended really well. I think they're getting more attention due to the cup run as well and due mm-hmm. to the fact that they've sort of come out of nowhere, Forrest. They, they weren't one of the favourites pre-season or anything like that. And I yeah. think that... Yeah, and I, but I think, you know, I think we, we... I imagine we're going in as underdogs, but they might th- they might feel the same. But I think we're going in as underdogs in terms of what the media think anyway. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a good story, isn't it? I mean, I'm just looking at the top six now. Fulham, Bournemouth, Huddersfield, ourselves, Middlesbrough... Oh, even down to Blackburn, I suppose, in eighth. All been in the Premier League fairly recently, whereas yeah, 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 yeah. Luton and Forest. I mean, Forest were, geez, when were they last in the Premier League? Two thousand twenty-three years ago. Yeah, wow. Yeah, uh, and the season before Wednesday went down. Right. Okay. So, um, yeah, good story. I think is is obviously fueling that, and I suppose a a youngish, up-and-coming English manager as well. Obviously, as is. Um, uh, his, his track record with the England youth teams, so I imagine yeah, he has plenty of friends in the media there as well. That are, yeah, you know, you know, but I don't want to sort of overlook because Forest are. I, I think if I'm going to put my cards on the table, and I've been wrong so many times, so let's hope again. I think they are the favourites. I think they are going to go in as the best side. I think they've, they've been on such a good run, and as, as we saw when we played them at our place, I think it were half us being absolutely awful, but they have got some real talent as well. Yeah. So I think this is going to be, it's going to be so 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 tough. This that, and I think in a way, it's, is it better to sort of get at the the team you want to avoid the most out of the way in the play, in the semis and not go through the heartache when we lift the beat? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be really exciting. I think. Yeah, emotionally, yes, it's better to have them now. Pragmatically, I'd rather have a one-off game rather than yeah, you know, we uh, one-off game at a neutral ground rather than. Uh, give them a chance to recover if we end up sort of blitzing them in the first game. I mean, yeah, if I could, if I could order who I'd want to play out of those three, I would definitely have Forest at the bottom of the three. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, probably probably Luton would be my preferred opponents. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I agree. Yeah. I'm maybe being disrespectful to Huddersfield again. Well, they've, got, um, they've got loads of injuries, Luton. Huddersfield have just sort of chugged on all season. I think they're very hard to beat. But Forest are the ones I think who, like us, as I said, they've they've got that sort of. Two or three players, actual star power that can win him a game out of nothing, basically. Yeah. Do you know we actually conceded less goals than Huddersfield this season, despite all their billion clean well, sheets? We've said all season, if we get into the playoffs, it's going to be based on the defence. And I think that even everyone's going on 4 0, what, what a result. And it was obviously, but we have also conceded, we only conceded two goals in the last four as well, which is just goes along with the rest of the season and how, how good our defence has been. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of going into the playoffs in some kind of form and on a bit of a high. Mm. I think this is new territory for us. I mean, we we obviously have a miserable playoff record. I mean, am I am I missing <laughs> any here? This is what is this? Wait, uh, just before I forget. Yeah, Forrest has never won one either, so 
They haven't. Is this? Am I right in thinking this is our seventh playoff campaign? Oh, uh, dis- discounting I've... relegation ones. I don't think I've missed any here. I think um, yeah, I think it's the eighth, including the relegation one. Right, uh, eight is yeah. Okay, so just looking at promotion ones then. So I went back and looked at our end of season for every one of those. Nineteen ninety seven. Uh, we got five points from our last three games, and that is the closest one I can find to being in good form going into the last game. Uh, 2003, we lost the last game of the season against Watford, which was admittedly meaningless, but you know, yeah, yeah, not yeah. exactly going in. I think didn't the one before that we drew with Wolves or something? Yep, yep, you're right, yeah. Three yeah. all, yeah. Uh, 2009, we had one win in our last four games. We obviously missed promotion on the final day as well, got that yeah, kick in the yeah. seat. Uh, 2012, I mean, lol, do I need to go on about that one? Yeah. <laughs> that was the absolute nightmare scenario. And yeah. uh, we obviously failed to win our last three games, I think. It was lost MK, drew with Stevenage, drew with Exeter. Uh, our star striker went to prison. Yeah, not, <laughs> well, not you're ideal. Like, oh, our star striker went to prison. <laughs> not uh, not so an ideal <laughs> Not an ideal set of circumstances. Well, you also forgot the worst one of all when we got in under Steve Thompson. Uh, what was that? Ninety-eight. I forgot that. Ninety-eight. When he's wearing shades on the. Uh, no, we mentioned today. Sunderland, yeah. Like, well, like, I did yeah. not look that one up. Yeah, Sunderland, and I think we lost three out of the last four going into that. I think. Yeah, I actually did forget about that one, even though I've written an article for the pinch that has. Um, yeah. yeah. Steve Thompson's sunglasses reference. Let me. Let me I'm just pretty sure we lost that. three out of the last four. I mean, we only got in on the last day. We lost on the last day, but Birmingham failed to beat Charlton, so. We got in. Yeah, you're right. I did forget that. Sorry. Um, yeah, so it just gets worse. Yeah, 1998. Uh, so four games from the end. We lost 4-2 at home to West Brom. We drew 3 all at Tranmere. We lost 2-1 at Crewe. And then, yeah, we lost at Stockport and got in because Birmingham botched it, basically. Didn't they? The and they're not season. four great sides, them, are they? But then again, we won the first yeah. leg against Sunderland, but then we got absolutely battered in the first half of the season. <laughs> so. We did, yeah. Uh, just finishing with my list, 2013, we got two points from our last four games that didn't score in our last three games. 2015, we got four points from the last five games and no win for a month leading into that Swindon game. Wow. So generally, we've gone into the playoffs on a bit of a downer. And I'm not saying this is going to automatically be different, but this is new territory. We are banging form. We've just smashed the champions 4-0. We've stumbled into possibly our best team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, should be I, helpful. I, I'm happy. I, I didn't think we'd be going into any sort of playoffs if we did get there in this sort of form. I, I thought we'd, like, as they said on on, the, on Quest, I think we all thought we might stumble in there. And then we just sort of hoping that we can get get a win. You know, basically. Well, I said Atletico Medawed, as you coined it. <laughs> <laughs> just sit back, but we found this way now with with these three up front. There, I'm not saying confident because I think Forest are a really good side, uh, but. At the same time, if we win, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, I didn't see that coming in the way that I did on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I just really think if we can play like we, you know, if we can play like 80% as we did against Fulham, I just don't think any team can live with it at this level. Like They're nah. going to have to get lucky almost. It's just, can we can we piece that together? And obviously, and Forrest, you know, by the way, since we last played them, I've got a lot more injuries. We've actually got players back. So I don't know how much. He, obviously, we've lost Sharp from the from the one one, but they've lost Davis and uh, oh, go on, who's the other guy? Obviously, Max Lowe can't play. Um, yeah, he's injured anyway, Max Lowe. He's though. injured anyway, isn't he? Yeah, uh, Callback will be in there. There's another player they've got injured. I can't remember who it is now. Another decent player. And obviously, you look at our team from when we drew one one with Forest. We've got mm. Sariki in there, yep. Ben Davis at right centre half, and Norrington Davis on the on the left wing back. 
and we said after that game that we struggle so much to come out with that with that lineup to come out with the ball and get up the field. Mm. We we look miles different now just by having Basham in there and even Ender Stevens, I think. Yeah, and also Berger playing further forward. Berger did yeah. play that game, but um, and he was really good, if I remember rightly. Um, he did, yeah, he did play well, yeah. But um, yeah, the difference, the difference, the current like five, if you like, at the back um, compared to that. Yeah, there's no disrespect to like Sariki, for example. But no, no, no just I mean, wait, where right. is? Yeah, where is he now? He's, he's Boston. Is it Boston? Yeah, I think no, so. is it? Uh, he is at Boston. Yeah. So yeah, he, Boston, he's, yeah. he's on loan uh, in non-league what, what division? Yeah, Boston, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Nas- National League North. Um, mm. Yeah, so uh, even even Osborne playing out of position should be a step up from that. So uh, yeah, and we've got Njai in the I, team, obviously. Yeah, exactly. And I'm clutching at straws, and you could say that Forest have they peaked? I don't know. I will obviously see, but they've they obviously been on that fantastic run where they nearly got automatic. But in the past few like. But in the past month, they've lost to Luton and Bournemouth. And their record against the top six is not great, particularly at their ground, actually. I don't think they've beat anyone at home in the top six this season. Yeah, you're right. You sent me this earlier, didn't you? So they've uh, yeah. yeah, not won a single home game against the other teams that finish in the top six. So two draws, three defeats. 21st and I best in the Bournemouth, league. And I thought first half they were good. I thought they probably shaded that first half. I thought the second half, Bournemouth just completely hammered them, to be honest. And I think, I don't, I don't know why that was, but... We saw that we went one up against them uh, earlier this season. I, I do I, look. I don't know this. I'm not an expert. And if any Forest fans listening might think I'm talking nonsense, but I do. Wor- I do wonder if they go a goal down, do their heads go down a little bit? I'm not sure because that seems to all that happened against us, and it it definitely happened against Bournemouth when Bournemouth got on top. Forest just couldn't get out. Yeah, and yeah, it, it definitely did happen in that game uh, at Bramall Lane earlier this season where we were not mm. good and then took the lead and yeah, kind of kind of battered them for about half an hour and then just. Couldn't defend a corner. Threw it away at set piece. Just to just to follow up that uh, not won a home game against the top six side. They have been very good away against top six they sides. Yeah, been very very good away. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, look, and, and their own form overall has been really good as well. Actually, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's got look. It's going to be it's, it's going to be an unbelievably difficult game. Probably the most difficult game this season, or the most difficult two games. But I don't know. They're saying like if they can get a draw, they fancy us to do as a uh, at their ground. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work because our way record is poor, but it's going to be a completely different uh, sort of game, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it should be box office either way. I think it's going to be. Um, I, I don't know if it'll be as dramatic as it was in o two o three the last time we played <laughs> yeah. in the playoffs, but yeah, I imagine it will. It's going to feel like a huge occasion. I'm just. I'm okay. really like talking to you now. Actually, I think I was. Ner- I was kind of nervous about this, but now that we're talking about it. It's like, I'm just so glad we're involved in this, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, imagine, like, we could have been in this pod. It, it scores would have gone differently. And we'd have been going, right, we, we didn't make it. Fair enough. But then you would be looking at these playoffs thinking, oh, God, you know, Luton versus Forest it would have been, wouldn't it? And Middlesbrough, what a chance we'd have had there against those sides. Because Forest are the, the, the team that stand out to you out of those four. I actually think, I've, I don't know, I've just got a funny feeling. Huddersfield, if, I, think they'll, I don't think they'll certainly get to the final. And I think they've been overlooked all season. I don't know. I keep changing my mind. Who's my favourite? Actually, to go home, so. <laughs> uh, I'd love to. Uh, obviously, I'd love to see us win at Wembley, but uh, I'd love to get. I'd love to love us to get to Wembley. Just, um, just yeah. keep the season going. You know. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Lose it's on not pen- Wembley to Huddersfield again. <laughs> <laughs> or win on penalties. We've got Fodringham this time. I bet Fodringham oh, can yeah, take a good penalty. Yeah. You know. 
I saw um, Forest Man actually say that it'll go to penalties and uh, they'll win it with uh, Brennan Johnson scoring a panika. Obviously, <laughs> 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 in, the, in, the, in the game earlier this season where uh, he tried that and Wes just stood there. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at the team and trying to think if we, we keep up our quota of ex-Forest players, don't we? Because uh, mm. Sharp will be out, but Osborne will be in. I think that's it, right? So we keep it at two. Yeah. No McGoldrick, yeah. unfortunately. Jackie Longfrew, we should mention, by the way, got a new contract. Yeah, Jackie Long contract. It's, it's not... Um, <laughs> it, it's not. Well, we can move on to this now, if you want. This is my... I've got a, a few odds and ends of any yeah. other business here, just before we wrap up. But, yeah, that's not uh, that's not been properly announced, has it? But I think Heckingbottom said um, he'd, he'd reached the point where he'd, he'd triggered uh, his extension triggered. or something. Certainly yeah. triggered me when I heard that news. No, I... Um, he does deserve it, to be fair. I, I'm, I'm, I've shaded up to like 55%. I want to keep him. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was fantastic again, actually. On, um, and not massive credit to him. We've obviously criticised him, and I think we've, we're right to criticise him as well uh, this season and, and last season. But his performances since January, I think he's probably had one bad game against Coventry in that rate. Yeah, we've moved to the stage where if we don't keep him, we'll have to replace him. Like maybe yeah. not in the, maybe yeah, not in yeah, the first yeah, yeah. team, but we'll need another backup there at the very least. So um, yeah. yeah, he's uh, he's he's certainly he certainly deserves that contract extension for sure. I can't argue with uh, I can't yeah. argue with that. It's just um, yeah, I guess I'm still in like can't we do better than Jack Robinson? But you can't argue with his performances in the last. I think honestly, months. I think he's uh, I prefer him to Ben Davis. If had the, and I never thought I'd say that. Yeah, Ben Davis. If you're asking me which one of those two I'd rather keep, it's definitely Jack Robinson now. I'd certainly rather he was in the team right now. For yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he's. Um, I think he's just been more consistent, which is a odd thing to say. From I mean, he was certainly consistent at the start of the season, Robinson. But now yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's good, consistent now. Um, what else did I want to mention? Uh, VAR in the playoffs is this oh, confirmed? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen this confirmed anywhere. I just saw a like. It seems to just be a load of articles that's like the EFL are planning to introduce VAR, but they need to introduce it quite quickly because it starts. But what, what I don't get is that I don't get it that have Forrest even got it? Have, have Luton got it? Imagine Huddersfield, in fact, as well. Surely there's only us who's actually got VAR. Yeah, I, I guess so, yeah. I don't understand why. I don't understand. And it's, oh, I don't want it. You think about the scenes on Saturday where you, you sort of knew. I mean, the goals were pretty clear cut. They didn't look like going to be offside, but you you are going to be worrying, aren't you? You know, mm. let's say we go one 0 up to that Gibbs White Eddie, you're thinking, oh, I wonder if he strayed offside though. Horrible VAR. I saw a few Forest fans getting quite excited about it, which I totally get because we were the same <laughs> when we went to the Premier League. We were like, oh, VAR, it'll be all right. It won't be that bad. I think because um, they say, oh yeah, but we'll get the decisions. You know, a few. Things <laughs> Oh, You're my not sweet like summer it. child. <laughs> maybe you will. Maybe it'll be, you know, maybe something will go your way. But overall, if you get to the Premier League next season, any Forest fans listening, you will not like VAR. I can guarantee you. <laughs> no, no, you won't. Uh, but yeah, I haven't seen that actually confirmed anywhere. So fingers crossed. They've had it for the final the last couple of years, right? Yeah, you see, I've just seen it in the... I don't know, did they? I'm not sure, actually. Oh, I thought they did. But anyway, um, yeah. Not... The, the Mirror reported it yesterday. But like you say, they better hurry up because... <laughs> Yeah, game. It all kicks off in was it Friday, right? Is going to be the first game. Friday, first playoff game. Yeah, Luton Huddersfield. Yeah. Aye. Uh, oh, player. Well, do you know what? I, I get more nervous watching other people's playoffs, thinking about ours. If that makes sense. Uh, this this is why I never watch the other <laughs> other playoffs of the division that we're in. I just can't. Yeah. Um, the same yeah. reason I won't be watching Wednesday tonight. To be fair, but I've watched all the other all the other playoff games so far. I just can't. 
I can't hack the feeling of uh, another team in our division taking joy out of playoffs. So I've I don't just seen, by the way, just as I'm looking on, on uh, VAR, this is the Mail Online from a couple of days ago. Furious Nottingham Forest, demand in big letters, reform to the championship, including introduction of VAR after their penalty shout was ignored against Bournemouth. <laughs> Apparently, they've outlined a series of demands in a letter to the EFL. <laughs> this is like a uh, ransom note. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. And they've like, so, uh, yeah, they've complained about the refereeing standards. Um, this is the chairman, uh, Marinkas, is it? I, I don't know. Um, and he's not happy with the current television deal, neither. So, he's yeah, he's not happy with this guy. So, mm. tell you what, stay down, sort it out, let us go up. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's happy. Everyone's happy, yeah. Uh, player of the season after the game, uh, Morgan Gibbs White wins the fan vote. I believe that was right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Who did you vote for? And who would have been your top three? I went Billy Sharp because I don't like. This is just me being an idiot because I didn't. I don't. I didn't want Morgan Gibbs White to win it because he's almost certainly not going to be here next season if that makes sense. And he deserves it overall. He has been the best player, but I, I don't know. Just something in me thought I don't want to. I don't want to vote for him because it means I like it. I'm admitting to liking him as much <laughs> as I do. So I did go Billy Sharp, to be completely honest. Um, I think the top three are pretty easy. I think Gibbs White, Sharp and Fodringham are out there alone. I think maybe NJ. In that order? Well, well, obviously Sharp first for you. Yeah, but realistically, but Gibbs White first, Sharp second, Fodringham third, I think. Yeah, I've I've heard Gibbs White one. Uh, Yeah, I would have gone Sharp second. And uh, yeah, I can't think... I don't think anyone really comes close to Fodringham after that, to be honest. I mean, Johnny and Jai, obviously, he started off when he first came to the season. First into the team earlier in the season, he started off fantastically. Then he sort of went a bit quiet, and now he's ending it fantastically. But Norwood's been consistent, I think. Pretty, yeah, pretty consistent. I'd have Norwood fourth, and then I'd probably... Mm, no, I don't know with the others. Like, I, mm. I'd really struggle. If I tried to order this, I think I'd have difficulty with Yeah, the they've all play. been in and out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking the ground... Egan's not been fantastic, I don't think, by his standards, but he, he's understandable. He's had to play with about 5,000 different <laughs> centre-halves. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think the five, I think Njai used probably because he's burst onto the scene in, he, in his first season, Norwood for his consistency, and then the other three. Yeah. Uh, Fodringham did win the Players' Player of the Year award. So Interview uh, by George Baldock. I haven't seen that. Is that worth watching? Yeah. Because they're, they're interviewing him, and he's like, and the interview just doesn't sound professional. He's like... <laughs> How do you think you did this season, mate? <laughs> and I'm like, who's this? And then I'm like, I, at first I thought I thought it was McGoldrick for some reason at first, and then at end he's like, oh, well done, mate. Uh, and then it's cut and it pans out. It's George Baldock interviewing him. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I'll uh, I'll have to watch that. Um, couple of other things. Uh, David McGoldrick obviously on the pitch at full time. I've seen a lot of people say this like felt like a goodbye. I, I don't. No, I think he was just walking around with his kids, wasn't he? It didn't seem like he was doing anything particularly unusual. Yeah, and then, and then he just acknowledged yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there were no one up with McBurney there, and Bruce. I don't, I don't think McBurney. Bruce, McBurney yes. Probably... I didn't see McBurney. McBurney had been doing the Swansea lap around. <laughs> <laughs> probably rewatching Rangers from the other night for the fourth time. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Bruce well, was it... definitely there. Because I was I thinking like... how nice it was seeing some of the injured oh. players on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, McGoldrick was the one that stood out because you because he's out of contract and we've heard nothing. So, but Eckingbottom, when uh, Robinson got his uh, triggered his contract, he said, "Yeah, he's the first of, of a couple or something, something along those lines." So I'm wondering if hopefully Basham will be signing soon. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't uh, I didn't infer from McGoldrick's body language and actions that it was definitely over for him. 
Uh, was it all about Jack O'Connell? I don't know if you heard that. Uh, Gary Sinclair, I think we're at half-time, said if you can get a chant going for Jack O'Connell at half-time. And I thought, well, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, yeah he, did, he did say that. I think, it, yeah, we're at half-time, yeah. All right. Well, and I thought, well, he's going to come out at the end. That's fantastic. That'd be amazing. And then he didn't. And he was like, what? <laughs> Just a bizarre thing to say. So, and everyone's like, that's it. He's retired. But maybe, <laughs> maybe. But I thought he'd have come onto the pitch with Gary Sinclair saying that. Yeah. I suppose we've got another game, haven't we? But, um, yeah, I missed that. I must have been... Uh... In the loo at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about Billy Sharp's sugar injections? Uh, no, because he might tweet us and say it's false information as he did with the star. So, <laughs> oh, a strange, a strange thing this is. Um, in fairness, the star. Everyone's like saying, "Oh, star talking rubbish." Eckingbottom said it in his press conference, and yeah, and United's official account have transcribed it and and you know. Tweeted it, so yeah. As I just we all know it. now, Heckingbottom is a liar. Unfortunately, it's true. Yeah, he is a big fat liar. Yeah, so God knows what he's on about there. But yeah, and, oh, uh, this is the thing when people are saying like, "Oh, I wonder Sharp will be back." You're not going to know until the squads come out who's fit and who's not. Yeah. There is no point of listening to Paul Heckingbottom about our injury news. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sugar injections. I never. I'm adding that to on the grass as things I've never heard of before. Oh, he come out with a couple of on the grasses this week, didn't he, Heckingbottom? I, I think he must know now. I reckon it's become a thing. I reckon people yeah. start to mention it to him. Apparently, I saw someone under football cliches mention it, and West Brom mm. said apparently Steve Bruce says it as well. Oh, okay, interesting. Maybe they went to the same uh, same coaching course or something. I hope not. Um, but yeah, sugar, <laughs> I, I, could, I wouldn't mind a sugar injection, to be honest. I get myself a milkshake, something like that. That'd be my kind of yeah. sugar injection. Yeah, that's um, exactly, yeah. Uh, what else we got? Uh, tickets for this game. Mm. Uh, the good and the bad. I've got I to say... stole my seats. I can't believe Have it. Have they actually nicked your seats? They've actually nicked my seats. I had a look, but I'm sat next to you, so it's all right. But um, <laughs> yeah, we looked at where we uh, where we normally sit, and unless I looked at it wrong, which could be because I get a bit confused when I just see all these seats <laughs> facing a pitch. But I think that someone's taken our seats. Yeah, so uh, thanks. Did Paul Weller. Buying up the seats for yeah, his the guy sitting next to him, yeah, it might be him, but getting the jam back together. But he's um <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, so they've took but I understand people are absolutely furious about this. I've got to admit, I don't care. As long as I'm in that ground, I do not care at all. I'm with you, yeah. I mean that sounds a bit hypocritical because I have I, I did go out of my way to secure the seat I've sat in um yeah. the last couple of seasons. But then it's because I sort of know the people around me and I know that they're not idiots, although admittedly they've been replaced by you and Eggy now. So. I would have to say we're sat next to you now, so you've got no chance, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, for anyone who has, you know, is, is out of the loop on this, uh, it's a free, so brilliant price to buy now. I, I, yeah. I was expecting to pay... Getting over I think. The, the pricing's fantastic. It's 29 quid at Forest and 29 quid at Huddersfield. Uh, Luton, sorry. Huddersfield, the yeah. top, I saw Forest fans say, oh, it's because we can sell out our stadium. It's like, you get less than us, mate. Come on. <laughs> I was expecting to uh, have to fork out 30 or more pounds for this game. But uh, yeah. as a as an adult, it's £20. And me dad, as a senior citizen, is just £15, which is mm. really, really good value. He's actually back from his holiday for this one. He's, he's S- amazing. Send him back. We won. <laughs> <laughs> he's amazingly not missing a home game this season yeah. for this game this time. Um, yeah, but it's, it's a ticket's a really good price, but um, uh, United has just basically opened them up to the entire ground uh, immediately, so the, there's no reservation of your season ticket seat if you wish to sit in that seat. You had to move pretty quickly, and uh, yeah, that's that's what I did, but I can understand some people being a bit uh, peeved that mm. they are not able to secure their seat. It's a bizarre but... one. I, I, I think, is it because Forrest ran on the pitch to a bit of trouble or something? 
well, that's the other thing in it. So we've they now have the upper tier, which they didn't. Yeah. Don't away fans don't normally have. Yeah, maybe it's that. I are we not gaining a slight advantage by having our own fans behind both goals? I, I feel I'd like have thought are. so. I'd have thought so. I understand if you're sitting on those. It is the best. I think it's the best view in the stadium, the upper tier. Yeah. I have to admit, or in that corner next to the upper tier. <laughs> um, so I get it. I understand. You, you know, you've got the best view. You lost your be- the best seats in the house and stuff like that. In terms purely in a sporting sense, yeah. Having fans behind both goals and just having them up top where you can't really see them, and I imagine it'll be more difficult to get an atmosphere going as well because you're not you're so far away from the play. That yeah, it, it, who knows? Who knows? It might it might just be a tactic. It might be Eckingbottom who's decided it. Yeah, maybe. Did you see the Wickham fans at MK Dons last night? I did see the Wickham fans at MK Dons. Yeah, um, they only given two thousand tickets and uh, yeah, and lost. in the upper tier with the lower tier empty and they yeah. kept a block. Uh, empty in between them as well, like yeah, in, it, in between the own, their own fans. Their and own... I suppose, in fairness to MK Dons, they were very open about, yeah, we don't want them to make an atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, um, but they lost anyway. So um, Gareth Ainsworth doing doing bits at Wickham again, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, good lord! <laughs> it's going to be bad gotta... if Wednesday win tonight. Wednesday oh, versus no. Ainsworth. It's like, oh, just not bother with that one. <laughs> yeah, I'd almost rather Wednesday went up. That's how. I'm strong to my no way, Pedro. Bit. I'm not having that. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'm. Uh, I'm not being entirely serious. But let's hope Sunderland. Uh, Sunderland take care of it tonight. Oh, um, one fan today, by the way, who said they're in the know. We may as well just put this out. Who said they apparently are interested in John Egan. Um, I don't see how they afford him or his wages, but that's wait, what I heard today. Yeah, this is Sunderland fan. This is a Sunderland fan. Yeah, well, I, that's, I, that's very nice. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I'm interested in Phil Foden. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> apparently, someone's in the know, as as they say. Um, and they said that if if they go up, one of the people they're interested in is. Uh, John Egan. I imagine it's a bit like when we were interested in Connor Coda, where it was never going to happen, but, you know. Ridiculous. Anyway, um, uh, one final note, I think. Uh, we we mentioned last time, after Basham, uh, 50 pence piece headed loads of uh, set pieces wide against QPR. Mm. Trying to remember the last time he's got a set piece, yeah. a header from a set piece, and uh, Henry provided the answer. Long time follower of the pod, I think. And obviously a long time listener as well, because he had to say it. He Basham scored a set piece header against Preston at home in the eighteen nineteen season. He flicked in a uh, Norwood free kick in front of the cop. But yeah, that was like four years ago now. So um, yeah, it was <laughs> it was a little while. Uh, anything else, mate? Playoffs or uh, Fulham or Forest that you want to mention? No, I'm looking forward to it. I do get this sort of feeling, like sort of like my stomach goes over a little bit when I think about it. But I'm happy to be here, and I've I've sort of. I sort of conceded all season that we're going to be in this division again next year. So it's not as if we've been... I imagine from a Forest fan's point of view, it, it must be really difficult because you were so close to automatic at one point. If they'd have beat mm. Bournemouth, they're pretty much going up. So you'd have thought they'd have beat Hull. Um, and then to miss out and then to think, oh, right, we've got to go again in the playoffs. I'm glad it's not happened like that. And I'm glad we're going in with a bit of form. Yeah, there was a bit sort of team of destiny feel about um, Forest this season, weren't there? Mm. And, uh yeah, I don't know. I feel like we've seen that unravel quite a few times. Yeah, I'm with you. It's, I'll obviously be really disappointed. I'd have been really disappointed to miss out on Saturday, yep. and I'll be really yep. disappointed if we get knocked out uh, in the semis or the final. But, you know, another season in the Championship, I, I get that it's obviously a financial burden, but it's yeah. it doesn't strike me as like a, a total disaster, world-ending, like, oh, my God, what is the, the future of my club is so uncertain, like... 
the squad's probably going to need turning over regardless of what division yeah. we're in. So I mean, I we'll, we'll see. I see a lot of doom and gloom and, a, and a, a people who know more than me saying it's, it could be a really difficult season next season if we don't go up, and I get that. And I, and I take that on board massively, but I think it's going to be a massively difficult season for about half the clubs looking at the <laughs> the profits and the uh, the accounts that everyone's posting. You've seen Stoke, I can't remember how much it is now, they've lost absolute millions. I know they've got a rich owner and stuff, but mm. I don't think it's a great league. I don't think, I think if it was a great league, we wouldn't have finished five points in it with the start that we had. Yeah, that's it. We took, uh, you know, we took a third of the season off and finished as the fifth best team. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not worried about next season if we don't go up to be honest. So um anyway, uh finishing off what's bought you... out by a billionaire anyway, what's everyone worried about? <laughs> that's true, yeah. Uh oh yeah, that's a good point actually, just to finish off, um we should mention Eggy in his suit at the yes. match. And uh, you were pretending he was Henry Morris, weren't you? I was walking around pretending we were Henry Morris. Eggy was sitting next to him, wore a suit because he was going straight to his sister's wedding. And um yeah, I was wondering it was shades on as well, looked a very cool customer. And um, yeah, I was pretending that it was Annie Wilner. I was um, trying to make out like I was sort of, yeah. <laughs> showing him showing him the ground. You're giving him the yeah, official I'll, tour. I'll, Adidas hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> He's in full suit, so yeah. He looked amazing, I've got to say. I, I was in, in awe of how good he looked. Yeah. Um, and he better wear the suit again on Saturday. I think if, if we... I'll tell you what happens. If he doesn't wear it on Saturday and we lose 1-0 or something like that, we get a Wednesday 1-0 loss... Um, I think he, if we go to the pub to watch the Forest game, he has to wear it in the pub. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll crowdfund the dry cleaning bills, but you've you've got to wear that suit again, Eggie. Absolutely. Um, I mean, apart from anything else, the people of Sheffield, more people need to be able to witness the suit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, get And uh, Tutti Club pointed out, Dead Battle Tutti Club, or Matthew Webbing actually said that Oli Norwood had a, almost the identical suit on in the Player of Year awards after, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I noticed that as well, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I hope he enjoyed his sister's wedding, and uh, yeah, let's hope he's wearing his lucky suit again next week. <laughs> um, what do you want to plug before we uh, wrap up, mate? Yeah, obviously, if you can follow him, uh, pretty, I thought they were pretty sound. A couple of idiots at the end, worst atmosphere of all. So you like what? What are you talking about? <laughs> um, and then uh, Liberal Mail should be out tonight. I think. Um, obviously, Liam went to the uh, to the game on Saturday and got merry, so it's been a bit delayed. But we're doing. <laughs> Overrated TV opinions, where so we're just going to alienate everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, excellent. Looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, that's Roy's view from dot com and living with Maylie's the podcast. I have uh, written something for the Pinch, yes. the very good United newsletters. Oh, thank you, man. No, Appreciate honestly, very that. good. I, I I completely agree with what you're saying about Warnock in that. I'll not give it away, but yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's Warnock revisited. I attempt to look back on. Uh, now that he's, he's retired, in inverted commas, trying to look back on how it, what it was like having Warnock as manager when he was, um, yeah, when he was known for being the Blades manager and not Cardiff manager or, um, you know, the, the Twitter meme that he is now, basically. Yeah. Uh, that is, what is that? It's thepinch.substack.com. Uh, it's free to read as well, that one. So, um, And I advise everyone, by the way, the link you've put into Warnock's first interview as United manager... <laughs> Click on that. It's a brilliant read. <laughs> it's a really good read. I was pleased to see that. That I mean, that's from '99, so I'm, I'm pleased. Yeah, that the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still there on the internet. But uh, oh, yeah, the pinch reads of it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, go read uh, 1,900 words by me on Neil Warnock on the pinch.substack.com. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. We'll we'll wrap up there, mate. Well, the season's not over. I think we could. This could have been a. 
you know, uh, a real bummer this podcast, mm. um, and we could be already thinking about our post-season content in terms of, mm. you know, player reviews and awards and stuff like that. But we've got at least two more games. Who knows? We may have three more games, and yeah, bring it on. You've got your ticket. I've got my ticket. I hope everyone who wants to go to this manages to uh, secure themselves a ticket and a, a seat that is to their liking. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's try and replicate the atmosphere of Saturday because that was pretty special and yeah i don't doubt that it uh made a difference to the team on the pitch so um yeah that's it mate thanks so much for your time appreciate this has been a bit of a, a lengthy old podcast but um yeah cheers for taking the time to do it and i will see you on saturday bright and early for some more pretty much beers no doubt 4am saturday uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice one mate cheers as always nice one thanks